on iTunes or whatever you subscribe on and you'll get it every other week and any special episodes if you could review the show on iTunes and say something nice that would be fantastic write me personally you can write me at uh, proudlyresents at mac.com or reach adam at mac.com goes to the same place and more announcements after the show enjoy today's show about tiptoes fucking hilarious movie spoiler alert you should go see this film all right. Check out proudlyresents.com. Hey, dude, this is Adam Spiegelman, and welcome to Proudly Resents, a show about movies that are so good because they're so bad. Eric Ninehouse is the host of, or half the host of RetroRadioLive.com, which we're broadcasting out of, every night from 9 to 11 p.m. 9, 9 to 11 o'clock. And also with us from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and the Emmy-nominated writer for Real Time with Bill Maher, oh, Adam Felber. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Returning champion, also also an Emmy-nominated writer, but for a different show, Conan O'Brien, and the co-author of Our Bodies Are Junk, which is a very funny book about sex. Yeah. Todd Levin, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Just drew a duck. I did draw a duck. Well, we are talking about tonight, we're going to talk about the movie uh, Tiptoe, starring Matthew McConaughey, Kate Beckinsale, and Gary Oldman as a little person. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Who who is also the twin brother of Matthew McConaughey. So the movie is about Matthew McConaughey. He's been living with Kate Beckinsale for for a couple years, and he never tells her his family secret, which he comes from a family of little people. He's the only little people. He's the only big one. He's the only big one. And he has a twin brother. So he doesn't even tell her that he has a twin brother. Yeah. So uh, the twin brother shows up out of nowhere after she finds out she's pregnant with, with Matt McConaughey's baby, and now they don't know whether or not they should have this kid because he might be a little person. That's correct. And Matt McConaughey has a lot of problems with it. This movie was in Sundance 2004, Select. It was, so people have seen it. People like this film. Somebody did. Somebody. somebody Nobody like admits to it nowadays. You know, it's, it's like when a film kind of like hits everybody and um, kind of gets known as a bad film, all of a sudden the people who liked it disappear. They don't remember that they it was there. Yeah. 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 Their friend liked it. Well, the, the director from the film was at Sundance and kind of gave a speech before it saying, I was fired after they shot this movie. I don't know what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. So it, what the tone? The tone is. Kind I'm sure of what funny. he shot was, was great. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he got fired for no reason. They tampered with the masterpiece, yeah. right? Well, that's another thing. With the people who say I got fired and they're going to ruin it, there's a reason why. There is yeah. some weird stuff the, that was done in post. I mean, it like, seemed it seems yes, they like made it was Gary some... Oldman a dwarf. Yeah, so let's, just, let's just talk about the. Was that in post or is that? <laughs> I think they did that in post. Okay, because I have a theory about that too. <laughs> well, we, let's talk about the little elephant in the room. <laughs> Gary Oldman plays a little person now. Yeah, he's pretty much. The best way to describe it, on his knees like Dorf from uh, Tim Conway yes. when yeah. he was Dolph on golf. On golf. I, think he did a little, on golf. I think he did a little more painfully than that. It's so bad. And then the makeup of the fact that he has uh, tall person shoulders that give him a hunch on yes. one side. So you're like, oh, well, the shoulders are huge. Yet yeah. It's a hunch. Yeah. yeah. And he's, wa- he's scooting around the floor on he his does. knees. He scoots around. The one thing that was accurate is that they gave him baby hands. I don't know how they did that. If you uh-huh. look at certain scenes, either either he pulled his sleeves down really low to the, his fingertips, or they, yeah. he was actually clutching little he, baby hands. He looked more like a muppet than anything yeah. else. Yeah, with yeah. the little hands that came out, yeah. barely came out of the sleeves, and or they did a faraway shot of him walking off the back of him. They would have a little person walking. Yes. 
And scenes like that. And then I guess there's one CGI It was probably scene. not even a little person. That was probably a six-year-old. I, I think he had his feet <laughs> tied back several times. He did. Now, I have yeah. a friend. I won't uh, mention him by name, but he's uh, TV's David Costable is his name. Actually, that's his name. Um, who He's now a TV actor, but years ago when I knew him, he was in this uh, production of uh, some Shakespeare play in Albany out in the park. And he was the fool in the play. And he did some research and found out that fools in Shakespearean times were often little people. This is going somewhere. Mm -hmm. As a result, he resolved to be a little person in this play. And the way he did it was by strapping his feet to his ass every night and walking around with a cane. And he was in horrible pain, which he thought was very good actor-wise because little people, as we learn in this movie are often in terrible, terrible pain. Right. So David spent an entire summer with his, um, with his feet strapped to his ass, basically, you know, for, for three or four hours a night, and I think Gary Oldman was doing the same thing. Did that make sense? Was it a better performance? It was, was a he, great performance. Uh, he, he was in terrible pain on him, you know, for a Years later, does he regret doing, making such a decision? Um, we'll find out. If he, he did get this. to do Shakespeare in the Park in Albany. That yes, is, it's true. In it's Albany, yes. <laughs> and he was wincing in pain as the fool in the play. All seven people out in the audience, they appreciated it. I was one it. of them. I thought it was Great I probably was there. Yeah, Gary Oldman, not so much with the great performance. Well, I mean, we can't get off Gary. Let's start. And they say this is the role of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. They'd say on the box. That doesn't. This is not necessarily a good or bad thing. It is. <laughs> it is the role of a lifetime. No, we have to agree. It is a role of a lifetime. <laughs> not a good role. <laughs> no. Just an actual. After a role. lifetime of making good career decisions, <laughs> <laughs> of all the bad movies he's done, this is the worst idea for him. This is a terrible. But uh, Kate Beckinsale, it's just so hard for her in any movie because she's so beautiful that yeah. it feels like. Any movie should be a caveat that she's in the movie. Like, it's about a guy whose whole family are, are little people, and he's married to Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, warning may contain Beckinsale. Right. But, you know, it's hard just to say, oh, he's married to an artist. No, he's married to an artist that looks like Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard just to sell a movie. But he's also, he's also one of the most handsome men alive. He's this totally strapping dude as well. Uh, he's definitely a handsome guy, but you right. feel like he's like movie star. Like, oh, well, that's how, in movies, that's how people look. Okay. But Kate Beckinsale is like one step higher than that. I, I'm not going to okay. get too much into it. You've got a Kate Beckinsale thing. i got to think. Yeah, I didn't, it, I didn't realize maybe it's until me. just now. Although, uh, if you have people. a Kate Beckinsale thing, you're going to like this movie. Because if, if you like her look, she's the exact same look whether she's sleeping, awake, yes. underwater. <laughs> they yes. just do this like lifetime television makeup and lighting on well, her. That's well, the same in every scene. And what they did was they, she, they set her up very, very early on as the free spirit in right. the relationship. Because she's painting and she's wearing scrappy clothes and she has tattoos. So you right. know right away that she's a free spirit. Right? But she's right. painting their wall. So I felt like she's doing this a huge elaborate painting, but it's on their wall. Mm. they got to sell the wall now. Yeah. Now they have to cut the wall out. It's appropriate because she's essentially painting wallpaper. Yes, she it's is. Just she's just lots painting of roses. Of roses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look like anything and, and nothing good. And, and half the uh, brushes she has are not dirty. None of them are dirty. She's got maybe one or two paint spots on her. She's wearing a very nice outfit. Yeah, yeah later, later in the movie... Um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's mother asks, like, uh, so you make money from that? And she goes, well, it pays the bills. And that yes. woman must have no bills. There's no bills. <laughs> no bills whatsoever. Well, yeah. He's a fireman, and she's a painter that paints the wall of her house right. all day. And yet they have this huge, elaborate uh, loft space, mm-hmm. which right. is pretty amazing. And, somehow, and he wears a suit to work somehow. Yeah. He's a, he's out, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's he's Hollywood. A, he, the, the very first scene, you see her in her free spirit outfit and her back tattoo painting uh, roses. doesn't matter what she's painting. She's painting, so she's an artist. And he comes home and he's wearing a suit. So you immediately sets up that he's the uptight one in the relationship. He's an architect or something. Yes. Right. But it turns out that he, he actually muffins. he trains firemen in the field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know that until you see him training firemen in the field all of a sudden. And he's yelling at a guy like a drill sergeant. 
And he's a real dick to this guy because yeah. he's angry because he found because his wife found out that his family's full of little people and he's gonna have a kid who might be a little person. And he doesn't wear a suit at work. No, he just wears it to come home. He wears a t-shirt like everyone else. Yeah. And then she yeah, comes. To, this is a scene. She comes to visit him at his work because she's very distressed. After she, yes. she's sitting in her pajamas painting. Gary Ullman waddles up on his feet on his knees and introduces herself. Her whole life is rocked. Yes, he's like, "Hello, I represent the Lollipop League." <laughs> <laughs> the entire league he claimed to represent. Which I don't know. If, I think yes. it's a guild. Actually, okay, he, I was going to say it's the guild. Yeah, he, he came over for a cup of gumdrops. <laughs> Local Union 320. (laughs) So she's so mad that she calmly goes to visit him at work, yet she's still in her pajamas, Uh and she's wearing a very, again, I have a thing, a very cute sleeping cap. No, that's like a rave cap. She's wearing a rave cap, but she's wearing pajama pants and a t-shirt. Yes. I've been a few of those raves. Yes. She came right. Maybe that (laughs) makes more sense. There's something I love about that moment, too, which is that when Gary Oldman comes over to the house and surprises her, by the way, I'm your brother's, I'm, I'm your I'm your uh, fiance's brother, and I'm a little person. And he's I'm also, bloody. He's also just been bloody. Yes. He's been beaten up, and he kind of passes out on her couch. Yes. Right. And she doesn't even tell Matthew McConaughey about that when she's just like, "Your brother's a little person." He's a, <laughs> right. He's a completely he's covered in lacerations. Yes, and yes. he's hoping his assailant has been arrested by now, or else yes. he'd be coming back for him. In the beginning of the movie, Matthew McConaughey sneaks off. This is why he's wearing a suit to a little person's convention because every year his whole family goes to this little person's convention, That's and right. he doesn't tell his wife where he's going. No. And she doesn't care. <laughs> wearing a suit, you normally wear a t-shirt and blue pants. This right. must be important, and why would I need to be there? Yes, if you're the one suit, you're actually wearing it. So his brother, who's a free spirit, Gary Ullman also, travels there on motorcycles with Peter Dinklage. Who's yes. great. Who's terrible. He's terrible. He's awesome. <laughs> Are you kidding? Peter Dinklage is a, is a great actor yes. who made a terrible decision to play that role with a horrible French accent. I love that awful French accent. It was oh. the worst French accent Why I've ever is he heard. French? Look, the, the listeners out there, it if was, you watch this movie, that's going to be of, the most entertaining thing it in it. It was the I kind of French you. accent a cartoon frog would have. It was so <laughs> horrible. <laughs> it was not any French. And maybe it wasn't his fault. I mean, I guess the role was written for somebody to be French. He didn't need to be French. He's a Marxist, too. He's, of course. As he says, well, he's I am a Marxist. Yes. <laughs> but here's why I think why it's French. They, they came to him and they said, they couldn't justify why they wanted him in the movie, and they're like, so listen, it's a film about Martha McConaughey, he's got a, a family right. secret, and uh, you would be perfect for it. And he's just like, why? <laughs> because you can do a French accent, and like, he's French. Oh, see, my <laughs> take on it was, uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, when they tell him about the movie, he's like, what do you mean I'm not the only little person in the movie? <laughs> what do you mean, how is anybody going to pay any attention to me at all in this movie? And he was like, here's how. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I I'm speaking an outrageous French accent. I usually I think he, he talks somebody into making his character. We should French. we should just explain to everybody what's going on here with that because sure. okay. there's like another movie happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the movie that involves French Dinklage and and uh, Patricia Arquette. Yes. So they're, they're driving on the motorcycles. French Dink and uh, Goldman and, uh, and Pat Yeah. And yeah. Peter Dinklage plays the best friend of uh, Gary Oldman, and they they're a couple of wild guys who drive around on. Uh, three-wheel motorcycles. Yes, on these weird-looking motorcycles. Yes. They look like someone, the evil guy from Wild Wild West. Yeah. And they're riding through, and Patricia Kett is on the side. Mm-hmm. with, And she, you know she's a free spirit also. She's also a free spirit. She's got braids in her hair, mm-hmm. like she just got back from a vacation in the right. Caribbean. Right, she's got braids in her hair and yeah. Daisy Dukes, and she's uh, um, her suitcase is, is uh, circular. <laughs> yeah, you see yeah, that? It's really free spirit yeah. stuff. Like a, like a hat, you know? Yeah, it's like a hat box, yeah. Like a hat box. That, that's, so he picks her up, and throughout the rest of the movie, she's in the movie yes. with them. 
She's hitchhiking. He picks her up, and suddenly now they're together for the rest of the movie. And she's totally stereotypical. She talks about her old man. She talks about. Uh, of course, she dated a truck driver. Yeah, that was weird. She yeah, had to say it was a truck well. well, she had to. She had to yeah. say it was a truck driver. Yeah, that was just a, a weird part. So, but French Dinklage, um, Dinklage, the French Dink. I love the French Dink. I, I think I'll, I'll go to the mat for the French Dink. <laughs> but I, and also, on a personal note, not a fan of the Dink anymore. Really? Well, because apparently, my mother told me a story that she was in a movie theater, and she was sitting behind the Dink and a friend, and she's sitting by herself, and she said, "Well, I figured it's okay to tell him this because I saw him in a play on Broadway, so I figured." I'm not saying I liked him in a movie. I, I just I liked him in a play, so it would give me some credit. Like, I'm not a crazy fan. Mm-hmm. So she said, I thought you were great in a play. I wanted to leave you alone. She said, the Dink and his friend moved to the other side of the theater. Are you and serious? He, yeah. So, fuck you, Dink. Nah, my mother feel I don't bad. know. That's the Dink. Also, my mom talks a lot during movies. She yells at <laughs> yeah, the Are you sure they didn't move I, 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 I might move away from your mom, and I love like, her like Don't a mom. go in that room, girl. <laughs> don't it, go in. <laughs> is it possible there's just a normal-heighted person sitting in front of him? <laughs> you couldn't That's see. Right. Could, could my absolutely. mother has a huge afro, and mm-hmm. there might have been it, and wears big hats to movies. Sweet. So that, that might have might have been what happened. There's a big – that's the problem with the film. There's no tone. Like you don't know if it's a serious Sundance, indie, foreign film, Merchant Ivory type film. It kind of or goes back and forth. it's a wacky comedy. It goes back and forth. Well, but and then it goes into sort of a preachy sort of like let me explain how the world of little people works kind of stuff. Yes, and how but we suffer. And The box you can get here looks like it's a Merchant Ivory serious film. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking online. The box in Europe looks like a wacky comedy with oh. Kate Beckinsale in her pajamas in the front. And the dink in the background and, you know, this craziness. Well, the yeah, the, the boxes, it's all soft lighting here. But uh-huh. then when you open it up, the DVD has a picture of crazy Gary Oldman on that weird motorcycle. Right. So it's no this very confusing, yeah, it's this very confusing yeah, thing. There's this wild little people party where, um... By the way, have you noticed that just in film history, you can't put five little people in a room together without having them get drunk and fuck? Like, it seems like every movie, they're always fucking and getting drunk, like, constantly. So, Kate Beckinsale meets this little person who claims that he is her boyfriend's brother and and just believes him automatically and lets him in the house. He's bloody. Here's the thing imagine you're in your house. A bloody dwarf shows up at your house and says he's your. your Wait, she doesn't question the fact that he he says he's his twin brother, which is is not only is he a dwarf. He's also 30 years older than yes. Matthew McConaughey, clearly. <laughs> and <laughs> he, she doesn't question anything. No, she doesn't question So imagine you're at home, you're in pajamas, you're painting the wall, and your gate opens, and there's a little person there, or a guy on his knees, and he says, and he's all bloody, and he's like, oh, um, you know what? I'm a, I'm, I'm a little person, and I'm your boyfriend. What's your boyfriend's name again? Your fiance's. Uh... Well, yes, I'm his brother, and uh, let me in. And I'll I'm just going to crash here for a while. For a while, it's cool. Yeah, yeah so she, he takes her to a, a party. They go to a big crazy party. Right. So she tells Matthew McConaughey, I'm going to go to this party with all your little people friends. Why don't you meet me there? He says, great. Then he turns around. He's at work to two hot fireman chicks and says, you guys want to go to a party? So he shows up with two women who are all dressed up, and then he never addressed that again. No, you get the sense that he's doing this, that he's eventually going to stray from this relationship. He's he's pushing himself out of this relationship with Kate Beckinsale somehow. Yes, after, after he's been established as, like, the greatest guy to his little people relatives, now yep. all of a sudden he's uncomfortable with them, and the rest of the movie becomes about how uncomfortable he is. Yes. How does he hate – it's so funny. Like, his whole life he's fine with it. He wants a convention. He wasn't uncomfortable. He was good. Well, Yet he wants it completely separate from his own life. Yeah, he, yeah. Can't, he, can't, ha- he can't handle it. So they, um, this party, wackiness ensues, like you said, fucking and fighting. Um, 
And then there's then there's the musician guy who plays him. It's uh, well, David Allen Greer. David Allen Greer. Dag is playing a musician who was at the convention and now he's at the party because apparently he's, he's got a, a thing for the little people. And he's a famous, super famous musician. That yeah, was everyone loves him. Exactly. He, he has a little Richard wig on for some reason. Yeah. So at this point, I was thinking, why don't you just have David Allen Greer play David Allen Greer? You don't so need, weird. right? Yeah. So he just, why is he wearing that wig? He can't tell he's a musician. So uh, Gary Oldman, he's got a girlfriend uh, who's also a little person, but she's kind of a hoe. She's already gotten beat, beaten up. <laughs> she's a little bit of a hoe. Yeah, she's a, a little, little bit of a hoe. She's a little hoe. <laughs> she's and, a little hoe. And uh, he goes looking for her at the party, and he walks into this room that is where all the walls are glass. <laughs> by the way, by the way, he and, walks into a glass room, so he yeah. doesn't see what happens until he turns on the lights. Right. So and then all of a sudden, everybody sees right. him and like the fifty people around these glass this glass wall sees like not three feet away. Um, Gary Oldman's girlfriend being fucked by David Allen Greer. And he, yes. David Allen Greer's like, what? How did you see me? Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> the only tall person here. You're wearing a crazy wig, and you're in a glass room. That's how we see. <laughs> there is a scene uh, where Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale are, are in bed shortly after they discover, you know, they mutually discover uh, McConaughey's past. And there, it's almost like a after-school special kind of explanation of what it's like to be a little person. And, yeah, and Beckinsale actually has a line that says, Why? Being a little person hurts. That's her line. Yeah, yeah. Because they're thinking of having her baby, and 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 he's warning her that it's not easy being a little person. She says, "Why does being a little person hurt?" And yeah, apparently it hurts it really bad. Hurts. That's, that that is a theme throughout the film. Is that it's very painful, physically painful, to be a little person. Which is why the Dink drinks um, cough syrup that he gets imported from France. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's morphine. Yeah. It's morphine. It's morphine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick that up. They almost. They, I can see how you admit it. He just. Says I feel like it's almost like they're times. trying to start like a kind of <laughs> when I like, little person like mythology. You know what I mean? Like the way like like vampires have rules in films. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in this movie, the rule is that all little people hurt. So that's why he has to drink morphine. That's why we can't have this baby because eventually their bones turn to dust. Uh, uh, and it, it also, it's it's what allows Gary Oldman to have that hump. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. of that. When the Dink said he was drinking morphine, I was just thinking, I'm going to fucking get you. The fumes of anger whenever I see the Dink. <laughs> I can't handle it. Wow, because so, of your mom? He really is terrible listen, in this. I don't know where you're I coming from. I love him. I don't know what he's doing. So there's another thing where the parents meet. So uh, Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale are going to get married because she's pregnant. And she finally meets all his little people family. Yes. She's going to introduce her parents to it. Um, wow. He's going to introduce... Uh, she's going to introduce her parents to his little people parents. You should preface this by saying she was furious that he hadn't told her about his oh, family of little people. Yeah. Right. So then they invite her parents over to meet his family, and she has not told them about these little people. <laughs> she understands how horrible it is And says something along the lines of it's none of your business. Right. She's like, listen, you should be able to handle it. Because all of a sudden she's like a liberal person and gets it. Yes. Totally. So she, they get to the house, and the mom's like, I wish you had told me. That these are all little people, which she was right. They have a uh, like a guess who's coming to dinner kind, kind of, of moment. moment. Yeah. yeah, and and she should have known because the house is in a tree stump. I mean, I think at that point you, it's you know, molded to a mushroom. Yeah. Exactly. What do you get to the mushroom? And all and they're eat. eating is fudge striped cookies for dinner. So <laughs> you would <laughs> just you would just name me. Oh, speaking of which, the father. And they drive around in pea pods. <laughs> <laughs> they duck in. They, there's a pill that says "eat this" when they go in. I don't know why, but. 
So the little people, it's a who's who of who's small in this film. Yes, um, yeah. Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> is that in your notes? No, but I just thought of that. <laughs> it's in your notes. Gary Oldman is not only 80 years older than his twin brother, mm-hmm. but their father is the same age as Gary Oldman. <laughs> He's the little person from Twin Peaks. Yes. Who yes. danced around to jazz music. Your spoke. favorite gum is coming back in style. <laughs> yes. He's the father. And it's like no one said. <laughs> he said that backwards, though. He did. Is that yeah. what he said backwards? Yeah. Oh, finally figured that out. So there's, but speaking of babies, there's the baby, there's baby once in this film. The rest of the time is a doll, and they don't even pretend that it's not a doll. Like they just hold yeah. it like it's a doll. Gary Oldman holds it like it's a weird doll. So she finally has to leave Matt McConaughey because he's such an asshole. He hates it. He hates their baby. He hates everything. So she goes out to the woods. Which is kind of fucked up, and finds Dinklage and Gary Oldman living in the woods of Patricia Arquette. Well, that, well um, Gary Oldman has told her about this like family retreat uh, retreat that yeah. he has that he's going to do some writing at. Yeah. So she doesn't randomly walk through the woods with her baby. Right, exactly. <laughs> she shows up at his door in this cabin in the woods. She's, she's she, there with Frodo. She walks, she walks into her wardrobe. She comes back and she's eighteen all over again. No, uh, but um, unlike the porch of this of this rustic cabin is a hot tub which contains the Dinklage and Arquette. Yes. Because they're free spirits. They're free spirits that apparently hot tubs appear around them wherever they go. We never see that hot tub. <laughs> Gary Oldman's a writer. They established that early by saying, you're a writer. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I'm not a big writer. I'm not syndicated. I'm just in, I don't know, GQ or some crappy magazine. No mm-hmm. offense. And yeah. then by the time she finds him in the woods, he says, oh, I'm syndicated in three papers. Yeah. yeah. And he names three local papers. So now we just know he's okay. He's yeah. doing fine. So he's a writer. Writing is, is recession-proof. Writing, just like, yeah. Recession-proof. And what is he writing about? We don't know. No, we never Recessions. know. Recessions. 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 We just know that because he's a writer, we know that he's soulful. He's soulful. There's something behind him. And he doesn't need to leave the house. Yeah. No. No, he can work from home. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't need to wear suits. So Patricia Arquette, she gets thrown out. She leaves. She leaves on her own accord. Yeah, the Dinks and, and, and Arquette get in a fight. Do you think Patricia Arquette left because you heard about him dissing my mother in the movie theater? That's probably why. They probably I mean, just built that into the movie. I don't think she knows my mother, but I think she would understand. I no, no like they got in a fight and left because they needed to do the last five minutes of the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I always, and, and I honestly felt like a lot of the scenes between Patricia Arquette and Peter Dinklage were unscripted. Like, they just were like, let's go just, for it. just go do whatever you need to do. Just get out of the scene. <laughs> You've got three minutes. Just get out of the scene. In we don't, minutes, we don't know either. Yeah. Well, I'm no, I don't know. I didn't it was very loosey-goosey, right? The, it was. The, the, in, in a way that the rest of the movie was not. Because right. a lot of them were doing this boilerplate, like, you know, After lifetime special. special. Yeah. Kate Beckinsale moves in with her brother-in-law, mm-hmm. with the baby, mm-hmm. in this uh, tree stump or whatever. They live in the house. Yes. And Matthew McConaughey shows up one last time. Pissed. Super angry. Hates his baby. Right. It's a baby. And then let's get to the ending. She wants to be living there with the, with the old man. And no time does she say, give it up. I feel like the whole movie, I just want to say, someone to say, old man, just stand up. We yeah. get it. Matthew McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale have a kind of reconciliation. Yes. Where he says, I just want you to know I love you. She says, I know you love me. And he goes, I just don't know if I love that baby. Not crazy about the baby. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Not crazy about the baby. No, my yeah. parents, my brother, my sister, they can all be little people. Yeah, yeah. The baby, not so much. So the, the very last scene... Stop your podcast right now if you don't want to hear it. Yep. Kate Beckinsale's awakened from her, from her slumber. 
to see that all of her shoes have been fixed. (laughs) (laughs) There's seven people from the movie there. The the doctor's there, of course. One guy's very tired. (laughs) There's another guy not very Terrible allergies. There's another guy with a cold. Dennis Kucinich is there. They kind of set it up, everything, because they they wake her up a couple times. They really do. Mm -hmm. They, They wake up in the middle of the night, and the baby's not crying, but they hear the baby. Which is so weird. Why are you up? Oh, the baby. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know the baby's up? You hear a high. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So then she eats an apple and falls asleep. Right. right. We've really led people afar. What what happens is Gary Oldman takes care of the baby for a while. Yes. And then uh, says, you know, brings uh, Kate Beckinsale outside where he's lit a a measly little fire in his little Mm -hmm. stove and they're looking at the stars. And you're thinking, huh, maybe we found kind of an uneasy ending to this where they found some sort of truce and maybe they're going to raise the kid together. But, yes. you know, I know that it's almost over because I'm desperately looking at the at the time remaining and there's only like three minutes. And then what happens? Who wants to ruin the ending? Go, go ahead. It's your show. Ruin the ending. She turns to him. I'll take it. And she says, uh, you can kiss me. And then they kiss. And it's not like a brother-in-law-y kiss. No, it's not on the, not on the cheek. No. It's a, very, it's a romantic kiss. Mm-hmm. No, but they're really, really kissing. It's no, really clear really that, that, that she's going to now shack up with her ex-husband, father of her child's dwarf brother. She went right dwarf in. twin brother. She dwarf twin brother. <laughs> older. He was older in a relationship. Me by 7,000 minutes. Yes. Like, you know. <laughs> it was very difficult labor. Mom was in the hospital. From the 30s <laughs> into the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Any minute now. She always yells at McConaughey, you know how long I sat in the hospital and you're going to make me wait five minutes? I was minutes? screaming for three yes, decades. Yes, I chose two. <laughs> he wasn't done. So they make out, and then the movie ends. And I had forgotten the movie. I had to watch it again. I thought that they made out. Then McConaughey comes by and yells no. at them. That would have been a movie. But I guess they found love with a little person who's actually tall. Todd, we talked about, we talked about whether or not you should see this movie just for the fun of it. I feel like you're not... Should we see this movie? The, I, I will say the only reason to see this movie is to see Gary Oldman, Oldman sitting in a couch. And to see <laughs> his weird little uh, dummy feet dangling over the edge of the couch. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> because so whenever he has to sit in a couch, they just they clearly have cut a hole in the couch. <laughs> He's standing inside a hole. And then they draped little dummy feet over it that have like no knee joints. They're just these little sort of curved legs. <laughs> they don't move at all. Like Pee Wee Herman when he's flying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Little puppet legs. That's, that makes it kind of worth seeing because it was like the one time where like, I don't know how else to do this. Let's figure you know, this out. Listen, we've been having them hide behind furniture long enough. <laughs> we <getting laughs> They only have so many tables in their house. And Adam, would you recommend this film? I absolutely would, and I would recommend it for the Dinklage. If you want to see a oh terrible French accent done with <laughs> such vim and aggression that he seems like he should be, he's bursting out into a different movie. He really did sell it. Yeah, he yeah. sells it hugely. It's just, it's just, it's wonderful, and it's against this, this patina of lifetime television bullshit. That, you know, so it really it stands out even more. I would say see it for the Dink. I think to see it. Come, for, come for the Oldman feet, stay for the Dinklage. <laughs> yeah, the Oldman feet. Like, they're trying to do a serious movie, and then they're like, oh, let's make this wacky in the middle of it. It's definitely worth seeing. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Levin, you can find Todd11.com, right? Yeah. And your book is called? I think I'm still there. Um, the <laughs> book is called Sex, Our Bodies Are Junk. It's a parody of The Joy of Sex, which comes out August 24th. And if you want to go to a, a defunct website. That and I'm a co-author of that. It's not my book. It's not no. your book. 
And uh, Adam, wait, wait, don't tell me. NPR. Yeah, I'll be on it for um, a couple times over the next month. So yeah. And L- your, listen to your, that. your website is felbers.net? And yeah, I think that's still there. <laughs> Again. <laughs> well, how's your MySpace page going? Uh, yeah, it's great. Pretty good. Great. You can find me on. I'm French friends Twitter. with uh, Jigsaw from the Saw movies now. Really? Uh, MySpace. Yeah. Well, that's gonna. Be... <laughs> I didn't know he was that hip. He's the only one left. Did he give you a birthday wish this year? I'm, I'm down with him. Uh, please go to proudlyresents.com. We have a comment section on there, which uh, you can talk about this film. We'll have the trailer up, and we'll sneak the trailer into this later on. Eric Ninehouse. Yeah, virtually alive. Go ahead. Who do you have on tonight? Tonight we have on Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica. Everybody's like, you got that nude guy from Survivor in your house? I'm like, no. He's in jail. Is he? I think he is. He keeps going back to jail. Oh, He's he? in and out. Yeah. Well, Richard Hatch is from Battlestar Galactica, uh, the old one and the new one. We've got Sterling Bauman on, who played uh, the young Linus on the series Lost. And Lawrence Hilton Jacobs from uh, Welcome Back, Carter, and Cooley High, and a bunch of other things. Jackson's The American Dream on tonight at 9 o'clock. Wow. He, uh, He's in Malcolm X. Uh, whom? Richard Richard Hatch? No, Richard Hatch is Malcolm X. <laughs> Richard Hatch was not in Malcolm X. No. The guy who played sure? Raj on, on What's Happening. Yes, he was. He was Absolutely was. You know what's so funny about that movie? We had John Savage on from The Deer Hunter. Mm. So he uh, he actually did uh, a lot of the uh, behind-the-camera stuff for Malcolm X. Very oh. very interesting story. Um, Spike Lee took it upon himself, I guess, I guess for some of the end shots for uh, Malcolm X. They went into some of these little uh, South African villages. And the government controls a lot of the media in Africa. So Spike didn't care. He just rolled up into these villages with all this camera equipment. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. These these nations were going to murder Spike mm-hmm. Lee in, in the village. And John Savage, who still has a home there, you know, he's got a very beautiful wife there in South Africa, literally saved Spike Lee's life. They had the car surrounded. Why, why were they going to kill him? Uh, because he never got permission. Girl sick. He just no. He just wore, <laughs> yeah. what? no. He Girl just sick. he just rolled up into some of these villages with all this camera equipment and and decided you know he was going to do what he shoot. wants because he was Spike Lee. Right. Wow. What yeah, were well, you thinking? <laughs> yeah. What were you thinking? You know, like, very funny. But yeah, no. Ernest Thomas was in uh, Malcolm X. But, Malcolm's not, but uh, Ernest isn't on the show tonight. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs is. Okay. Who is Lawrence Hilton Jacobs? He played oh, Freddie Boobum Washington. Freddie Boobum oh, Washington. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And Cooley High, very underrated film. I love uh, Cooley High. Yeah. Yeah, we had I Glenn, guess that's why I was thinking because Raj is in Cooley High. You no, know, no, Glenn Turman. See, this is the weird, this is the weird thing. Wait, Glenn Turman like played uh, um, Preacher. Preach. Okay. 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 What's Happening uh, was a spinoff show that that they did. It was based on Cooley It was High. based on Cooley High. Ernest Thomas's character was based on, on Glenn on Turman's Greek. character from Cooley High. So not the oh. other way Boom. So what's Happening, which is a collection of fat jokes. You watch it. Well, it was a collection Shirley. of fat people. <laughs> <laughs> and all they do between Mama, Trading Shirley, Bob's. and Rerun, they're just making fun of each other for being fat. Oh, I'm sure fans know this, but till, it's, uh-huh. it's somewhat sad. But till the end of his life, uh, the late Fred Berry used to, uh-huh. in the tri-state New York, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut area, yep. uh-huh. be willing uh, will show up at parties to do the Rerun dance. Uh-huh. Isn't that funny? Yeah. He was actually married. In, uh, in a tragic way. He's been married about six different times, but like three of them were like his dance partners on the show at one time. and. Just I saw him at a at a comedy club, do like headlining at New York Comedy Club, that horrible comedy club in Manhattan. No oh. offense, um, and you, he he did about two minutes of old jokes 
somebody else's old jokes, just you know, public domain jokes. Right. Were they and then bad he jokes? Talk, I think some of them were. Uh, and then he talked people like, how, how to do the rerun. How do I get this desk. person off my ass? Kind of jokes. It was like that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did. Then he taught everyone. He brought how to do people the up on, the, on stage and he taught did? to do the rerun dance, oh, and then fantastic. tried to sell them headshots for twenty five dollars. That's his whole. He stole <laughs> my act, by the way. That was what I used to do. I used to sell headshots. He used to sell Fredberry headshots. When you did it, when you did it, was really meta. It was like you were really deconstructing comedy. I feel like that's what my act should be: go up as Fred Rerunberry. I saw Roddy Roddy Piper go up and do stand up at the Improv, and he was telling a story. Very funny story about his early days of wrestling. Why he was so nervous and he's sweating. And oh, first of all, the woman who introduced him, the host, I don't know who she was. She said, "This next guy's done clubs and colleges all over the country. Please welcome Rodney Piper." And he walks up, and the whole audience just freaks out because it's, it's Rowdy Rodney. Yeah. So she didn't know who she was, and he's telling the story, and he's so nervous, and you're like, for years you got your head bashed in in front of thousands of people live, and you're nervous telling you're the so same much story. Confidence too. Yeah. Yeah. It was just weird that he was nervous. It's co-star about. of the tremendously underrated John Carpenter film, They Live. That's a good movie. Yeah, a really we actually movie. just, I just uh, shot a uh, J- Jeremy London picture with uh, Roddy Piper in Connecticut. It'll actually be out next week. Wow. Was yeah. he in the movie or was he abducted and you made him do the film? No. Yeah. <laughs> Did you bowfinger him? <laughs> he was trying, he was trying, yeah, that would have been funny, right? <laughs> oh, God. No, it's actually a sci-fi thriller. I, I signed a disclosure. I can't even talk about it. But. And who did he play on Welcome Back, Cotter? <laughs> Rowdy Roddy? Yes. Yes. So <laughs> just. London. Jason London played the principal. I know. He played Epstein's right. mother, I think. Yeah, okay. Good luck. It's Todd on the Emmys. I think your show is fantastic. Uh, Thank you. And for the five months that you were there, I think you guys deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. And your five months in show business, definitely deserve it. <laughs> the five months that you were there, I think you guys deserve it. And your five months in show business, definitely deserve it. I had um, a nice run. You had a nice run. <laughs> Sorry about that. Good luck in the next job. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, look on the website. I'm sure something will come I'm up. I'm looking to reboot what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> with Roddy Piper. Oh wait, what's happening? And Tron. Yeah. Called hey, Mister. Yeah. Adam, to you, thank you for coming, and uh, good luck with the Emmys. I think you guys deserve it. It was I great. Think it's this all year. about the Saturday Night Live. Uh, guys, um, oh, and look, there's a writer here from Saturday Night Live, oh, Brian hey. Tucker. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I'm glad you came. I just want to tell you, I think you should win. I think your oh, show you was great this year. Bitch. What? <laughs> Betty White was great. Todd, I think you guys should win. You're the underdog. Taylor this year. Lautner was great. He was great. There was a lot of funny stuff <laughs> on Conan. Anyway, Saturday Night Live at Betty White, and I think that's fantastic. So you guys Thank were great. You. And um, Congrat- congratulations to all the writers of the Colbert Report. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Uh, it's a nice reunion. Eric, thank you very much for no, no worries, man. take over your house for a little while. That's okay. Thanks, Thanks, Every other week, Proudly Resents. Go to proudlyresents.com. Leave a comment about films that we've already talked about. Now, if you've not, we've recorded some shows about movies in the future. You want to send in um, MP3s or some kind of voice file? I'll play uh, and comment on the film. I'll play them at the end of the episode. Just because we've already recorded it, so we can't respond to it. But uh, those films we're going to talk about are uh, that I'm going to air. The films are Wicker Man. Star Wars Christmas Special, The Great Street Fighter, The Good One, The One with Chris Klein, Fantastic, and Garden State, which uh, Starly Kind of This American Life hated and just lambashed. Um, I don't know, it was pretty harsh. She's got issues with that film. And uh, if you agree or disagree, please defend the film if you can or say why you don't like it. And I'll play it at the end. Don't make it too long. Listen. Got enough troubles for recording my own show, and I need your show on top of it. Someone's driving a duster right up into my apartment.
Um, the show right now, we're going to do every other week just to make it better. We're a little bit homeless as we speak, but as you can see, things are changing and improving. So again, subscribe to iTunes. It'll show up every other week, I promise. And by next year, we'll be up every week. So that is it. Thanks for your letters, your emails, your letters, your emails, let's be honest. If you like the show, uh, put a comment on the iTunes page. Movies that we have not recorded. Next one is Good Luck Chuck. So if you have anything to say about that, email me and uh, I'll read your email online. And of course, we're going to do The Room, Doll Man, Troll 2, and Birdemic. Those are, those are classics. You got to do them. So if you have anything to say about them, go ahead. Uh, there are a few Bad Movie Nights uh, podcasts out there, and they're all very good. And I want to make this one sound different. So we're trying to do different things, having on a different, rotating different guests, writers, Hollywood insiders, interviews, more comedy stuff, film stuff, and definitely interactive. So definitely get involved right in. I'll talk about what you wrote and uh, try to put your clips on. The other bad movie, because every show, I don't want every show to sound like three guys with deep voices mumbling about films. Um, but there's three other, three, four other good bad movie night podcasts that I know of. If you know of more, let me know. If you have one, let me know. Uh, bad movie night, which they stole the good title, is actually a very good show too. There, there's another show called Flop House and uh, Bad Movie Fiends, which I also enjoy a lot. If you like live bad movies, go to. Um, Horrible Movie Night in Los Angeles. Horrible Movie Night. I think it's HorribleMovieNight.com. Google it. There's great people over there, and it's a lot of fun. A yelling at the screen, craziness, good time. If you're in San Francisco, go to the Dark Room every Sunday night. It's a bad movie night. Say hello to Jim. Sing a nice song. It's a good time. Um, again, comment on, on uh, iTunes or whatever system you have, any uh, anything you want to say to me, write to ProudlyResents at Mac.com or ReachAdam at Mac Twitter, if you really need to Twitter me it's uh, at ReachAdam because my plane is coming right now, so I have to wrap this up and jump on the airplane I'm coming drop drop the ladder okay, sorry and um, yeah, I'm getting in alright, talk to you later I'm almost, I gotta put my shoes on. Swear to God, I'll be there in a second. Check out proudlyresents.com.